Micah chapter 7, Micah chapter 7, and uh, it's great to be in the house today. Micah, the prophet, is describing the day that he's living in and prophetically speaking of a time to come. But it's not a good time. It's not a uh, prosperous time. He said there is a desire for great gleanings and summer fruit, but it's not there. My soul desired it, but there was no cluster to eat. And it goes down through this chapter 7 describing these times. And, and uh, he makes this statement. Uh, Therefore, after describing all of this and even saying that A man's enemies are the men of his own house or the people in his own dwelling. He says, therefore will I, in verse 7, look unto the Lord and I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. Everyone say, shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me. He will bring me forth to the light and I shall behold his righteousness. Then she that is my enemy shall see it and shame shall cover her which said to me, Where is the Lord thy God? Mine eyes shall behold her. Now shall she be trodden down as the mire of the streets. Praise God. God is faithful. Amen. And he is, through the words of Micah, going to be the one that defends and uh, pleads his cause and executes judgments on his behalf. Even though he has fallen, he says, I will get back up. And when I sit in darkness, I will rise to the light. Amen. You can be seated and thank you for standing. Uh, God is faithful. If I could just have a few more lows, please, in this uh, monitor area, that would be great. Acts chapter 2, verse 36 and verse 36 through verse 40 tells us that Uh, Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost and after they uh, are aware of what they have done, uh, Peter says to them, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart or convicted And said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you, your children, and all them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Peter is on the day of Pentecost standing up 
to his God-appointed platform and declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ and what it takes to be saved. Amen. What a powerful honor it was for Peter to be chosen to uh, be the spokesperson on the day of Pentecost. And uh, we get to experience that. What a powerful thing. In our text, the prophet Micah, describing the condition of the day, uh, prophetically speaking of and to the church and admonishing not to put trust in man, but to look only to God and trust in him. Praise God. He then confesses he is dealing and experiencing with a fall. He says, uh, uh, we read between the lines and understand that he is declaring that uh, God is going to hear me. And he says, rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. And uh, we've, we've all experienced times of falling and failure disappointment. I think sometimes that we limit this to a major fall, but sometimes, I don't know about you, but uh, it can just be wrapped up in a package of disappointment. I don't know if you've ever felt like I've just not measured up to what I even expect of myself today or this week or in this season I'm in, and you get a little bit discouraged and uh, failure and disappointment comes to your mind and, and uh, it can lead to a dark place. And, and he, he said, I'm sitting in a dark place, but he says, I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to get up and I'm going to come out. Amen. A failure, a disappointment on his part. You know, all the stuff we really pretend that we never deal with or go through, but it it happens in life and we all experience times in our life when we are less than what we would want to be. Amen. Can I get a witness from somebody that's real today? If you get it all right, you're pretty much in a very small percentage of people because we all, amen, are striving to live for the Lord, but sometimes we fall short of the mark and it's discouraging and even uh, leaves us a little disappointed. But I like this because instead of Micah wallowing in his disappointment, uh, wallowing in defeat, wallowing in his shortcomings, uh, he is declaring something into the atmosphere. He is saying it's more a confession with a profound prophetic declaration. He said, I might fall and I will fall, but when I do, I know what I'm going to do. Amen. The outcome is already predetermined. I shall arise. And when I sit in a dark place, I know what I'm going to do before I get there. Amen. It may take me a moment to recognize what's going on, but I'm not going to stay in a dark place. I'm going to get on up and out of this darkness Amen. And I'm going to pursue the light. In other words, I may have fallen, but I'm not staying down. I may be in a dark place, but I am looking for the light. Praise God. I may have some lessons to learn, but the Lord will plead my cause. 
the Lord will execute judgment for me. Amen. We uh, many times think the Lord is looking to execute judgment on us, but he said that he will execute judgment for me. Praise God. I love that because that means uh, that I am standing before a righteous judge who is looking for ways to defend me. He's not looking for ways to, amen, uh, uh, justify my, my fall or my failures or my disappointments, but he's looking for ways to help me through it and up and out of it. Amen. And the Lord is there pleading our cause, and I don't know what it means to you, but I'm so thankful today that I have an advocate. Amen. I have a representation in the courtroom of heaven. Amen. That when my shortcomings come up and when my disappointments Disappointments stand before me. I've got an advocate that says, uh, give them one more chance. Uh, give them one more day. Give them one more opportunity. And what Micah was saying is when I fall and when I sit in darkness, uh, I have the right to get up uh, and I have access to the light because my advocate, my attorney, my representative, uh, amen, he is also my judge uh, and he has the final say. It's more than willpower that causes me me to stand after a fall. It's the grace of God, amen, that gets me up on my feet and picks me up and puts me in the light again. Hebrews 14, chapter 4, verse 14 says, when we are invited to the throne of grace is when we need it the most. Grace is not, uh, amen, something that we casually uh, just uh, use and put away like our credit card, uh, amen, but it is something we walk in. He says, we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, our shortcomings, our disappointments, our failures, but as all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. Tell me when you need it the most uh, is when, uh, amen, you're at your lowest point uh, or when you're taxed beyond your mental capability to process things uh, and situations. Uh, God says, I'll give you enough grace to make it through and to stand on the other side. It's grace in the time. Of need. There's life after our letdowns. I said, There's life after our letdowns. What is a letdown? It's a time where you feel like you've let the Lord down, where you feel like you've let yourself down. You may have let your family down. Amen. You may have done something that's disappointing. Amen. And we all do and we all have. But I'm here to tell you today there is a throne of grace that is greater than our letdowns. Amen. The throne of grace is the place where grace is seated and rules. Telling somebody when life says stay down, grace says get up. <laughs> Amen. When life says stay in the dark, grace says come to my light. 
Fear has to leave and isolation must give way to comfort. And darkness has to let light come in. I don't care how dark that darkness is. Light is greater, amen, than your darkest place. Darkness will make you want to sit down, amen, and become isolated, amen, and wounded and protected and guarded. But, amen, God says, I've got light to bring you out of that darkness. Amen. I love it that he says, when I sit in darkness because that's what darkness tries to do to us it tries to get us off our feet and to sit down and ponder and focus on the negative things but Micah said I am not going to stay there if I find myself sitting in darkness I am going to get up and get in the light where hope is and where life is Now let's consider Acts chapter 2, the second part of our reading, because uh, I'm sure that you're wondering what it had to do with uh, Micah chapter 7, because it really doesn't fit on the surface. But as we dig a little deeper, we understand Peter is preaching here on the day of Pentecost, and it's a powerful day. Thousands come to the Lord. Thousands are filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, God uses Peter in a miraculous way to lay the foundation of his church, Uh, amen, with this message of apostolic doctrine and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He held the keys to the kingdom. It was Peter that had to get up that day and preach this message. It was Peter that had to declare, amen, and proclaim what it took to be saved. Pentecost. He held the keys. Jesus himself gave it, uh, gave them to him. It was a trustworthy and honorable position. He opened the kingdom of God through the gospel that day. What a distinction. Amen. But this is Peter's life after his letdown. Hello. It's Peter's life after his fall. It's Peter's life after his letdown, after his disappointments. Between Peter receiving the keys to the kingdom and him preaching on the day of Pentecost, Peter experienced a letdown that was greater than most of us have ever experienced. It's found in Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. Amen. He experiences this letdown, a fall, if you will, a dark place, if you will. Amen. A place to sit down and quit trying. It could have done him in and ruined his ministry, his calling, and his future. Even cost him his soul if he didn't process this correctly. says that when they came to the place which was called Gethsemane, saith to his disciples, this verse 32 of Mark 14, sit ye here while I pray, Jesus talking. And he taketh with him Peter, James, and John and began to be sore amazed or come under the pressure of the the weight of that garden experience uh, and to be very heavy. And he said to them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. Jesus is under such duress that he's coming near death as he is praying and agonizing in this garden praying. Amen. And he cometh verse 37 and findeth them sleeping and saith unto Peter. Did he not take Peter, James, and John? 
Yeah, he took his inner circle. He took those he was depending on. He took those that he was needing the most at his lowest point. But here he comes up and he finds Peter asleep. He said, could you not watch or pray one hour with me? You couldn't stay awake one hour when I needed you the most. Uh, the spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. I don't know if you've ever said that verse and quoted that statement, uh, but we all have uh, had the desire to do right, uh, but our flesh is weak. Uh, we've all had a desire to do certain things, uh, but we fall short sometimes. Uh, and the, the end result is we're disappointed in the fact that Jesus was counting on us, but we didn't quite measure up I don't know about you but it hurts me if I disappoint him and I do it a lot because I am flesh and it's not an excuse Peter had great desire Peter had a great calling Peter possessed the keys at this point but what Peter was is he was a man amen trying to serve God to the best of his ability but he fell short and he had a short fall you couldn't pray with me an hour Pete I'm sure he felt pretty, pretty bad. Jesus wasn't trying to condemn him. He was just asking him, I need you right now, Peter. I brought you for a reason. Verse 47, and it says, And then one of them stood by and drew a sword and smote a servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. We know that was Peter. The writer here is just giving him a little anonymity. But it's Pete. He wasn't trying to cut off his ear. He was not that good with a sword. He was trying to cut off his head. You ever been so mad at somebody you wanted to cut off their head? Well. I see I see who's laughing. I know. I can relate. Oh, well, hallelujah. I got the brand A, Holy Ghost. I'd never struggle with my anger. Well, God bless your little pious self. <laughs> Some of you just got it. I'm laughing at me. Hey. Got to be honest. Fallen. See, that's a fall. When you're less than what you're supposed to be, that's a fall. We automatically think, oh, somebody fell. They've committed adultery. They've murdered somebody. They robbed a bank. They... No, a fall can be us not measuring up to the mark. And then discouragement and uh, the devil's voice starts penetrating our mind with you're a failure, you're this, and darkness closes in on you, and you feel like, well, what's the use? I'm just this way. That's what happened to Peter. 
flesh is weak. One of them stood by, he drew a sword, and he smote the servant, cut off his ear. Jesus puts it on and says, if you're going to live by the sword, you'll die by it. Stop that, Peter. Verse 54 says, and Peter followed him afar off, even to the palace of the high priest. And he sat with his servants and warmed himself at the fire. Peter was just close enough to see where Jesus was, but he was so far that he was totally disconnected from him. Following so far off that he was safe not to be named with them, he thought. Sometimes we can get cold and distant in our spirit and be following Jesus afar off. It's a dark place. He was trying to hide. And then somebody recognized him, but he denied it. Say, I don't know him. I don't understand what you're talking about. He denied what he was actually doing. You ever been so self-deceived that you deny? Hey, we need to be honest with ourselves today. If there's something that we have fallen with and caused us to sit in a dark place, we need to not try to act like it's not happening. There's no help for us when we deceive ourselves. I don't know what you're talking about. Went out to the porch and the cock crew and a maid saw him again and began to say, hey, this is one of them. I recognize him. And he denied it again. A little after that, they stood by and said again, Peter, surely you are one of them. Thou art a Galilean, and your speech agreeeth thereto. You can run, but you can't hide, Peter. We recognize you. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man that you speak of. Could you imagine going from sitting at Jesus' feet in the garden, supposed to be praying for him, holding keys to the kingdom, to saying, I don't even know this man. Talk about a fallen position, a dark place. You see, he didn't calculate that. It just happened through the process of walking with God. And sometimes we find ourselves in positions that we don't cognitively plan or, or try to think that we will do this. But sometimes we find ourselves in a fall or in a low place or letting things down and letting the Lord down and letting ourselves down. And the Lord says, it's okay. Amen. But don't act like it's not happening. This is powerful because the second time the cock crew, Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said to him before the cock crow twice. You'll deny me three times, Peter. And he thought thereon and wept. 
Peter's tears were tears of regret. Never thought I would find myself doing this. Never thought I would be in this state of mind. But here I am. It's playing out just like Jesus said it would. Oh yeah. This is between the keys and the day of Pentecost. Peter standing up with the message of salvation. We often read of that, but we've got to understand before that was this. And this is a letdown, but there's life after the letdown. Mm. What a God. There's no lower estate or darker place than to feel like you have fallen or disappointed the Lord. I'm sure Peter felt the weight of his choices crashing down on him. Felt like a failure. Felt like he had let the Lord down. But something very powerful happens in Mark 16. Amen. Mark 16. It's the account where the, the ladies are going to the tomb. And they get there. And the angel is there. And they say, Jesus is not here. He's risen. Amen. Go to... Uh, Go to Galilee. He's going to go before you. But go and tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you. I'm so glad this portion of Scripture is in here. As a matter of fact, I'm glad there's two words in here. He didn't have to say, and Peter. He could have just said, go tell the disciples because Peter was a disciple. He was umbrellaed in that group of people. But, amen, the angel said through, amen, the unction of the Lord, he said, go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goes before you into Galilee. What is that? That is a hand-delivered invitation to Peter. Hey, I'm not through with you, Peter. I'm not. There's life after you're let down. There's life after your failure. There's life after all of your uh, disappointments, Peter. I've still got plans for you. Peter could have written it off and said, oh yeah, he's inviting them, but I've messed up too bad. I've gotten outside of his grace. I've gotten too low. It's too dark. I've fallen too far. But the Lord says, no, you're never too far when I invite you. I've given you a personal invitation to come to me and let me use you, Peter, and let me restore you, Peter. Peter was a disciple, but he got a personal invitation. There's life after you're let down, Peter. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost saying today, there's life after someone's let down. Oh, I'd like to think we're all perfect today. We don't need this message, but if you don't need it today, you will need it. Because we all need it. And we all let the Lord down. And we all have disappointments. It's okay. 
you're safe. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Can we just pray right now? I believe the Lord's reaching even right now for people, for certain situations. There's a Peter in the house. There's somebody that, that's an and fill in the blank. Go tell my church and fill in the blank. Go tell and whoever it is, amen, that God is saying to you, hey, man, there's life after the letdown. There's life after a fall. There's life after dark places. There's life after disappointments. There's life after shortcomings. There's life after your weakness. Can I tell you today the Lord is sending out a word to every fall, He says, stand up. To every dark place, He says, light up. To every disappointment, he says, cheer up. To every shortcoming and disappointment, he says, pick yourself up. I don't think I have it within me. Yeah, you don't. But the grace of God is coming to your aid. Failures and falls are not final, and darkness is not forever. Micah said, Oh, enemy, I'm going to interrupt your party plans because what you thought disqualified me is only prompting me to get up and try harder. To get up and be the person God has called me to be. Rejoice not against me. I'm coming up. Rejoice not against me. I'm coming out. Rejoice not against me. Amen. I am rejoicing through my situation. And I'm moving forward in spite of how I feel. He's the lifter of my head. He's the restorer of my soul. He is my sustainer of joy. He keeps my mind and my sanity. Why? Because I trust in Him. He is my strength and stay. His grace is sufficient, and He is going to see me through this situation. Go tell my disciples and fill in the blank. Go tell my disciples. Go tell my disciples and Joe Arata. Go tell my disciples and George Ramirez. Go tell my disciples and Bill Harding and whoever is in the house. We're all here today. And the Lord says, you have never gone too far for my grace to reach you. And to pick you up 
Hey, we like to read Hebrews 11 and celebrate the Hebrews, or the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. And we should. They're in there for a reason. They overcame great obstacles. They're in there because of their great, powerful faith. Amen. But don't forget what you're reading in Hebrews 11. You're reading the life after the letdown because every single person in Hebrews 11 has something in their past that should have disqualified them and should have cut them out of the race and taken them out of the picture, but they kept going through their letdown until life came. Amen. And they became something great in God, but it was after their letdown they could have quit and they should have been disqualified, but because they dealt with their letdown, they became great because they persevered and they refused to stay down and they refused to stay in dark places. David, King David, a man after God's own heart. How in the world did you have, uh, amen, the gall to commit adultery with Bathsheba and have her husband murdered? How did you do that, David? You're a man after God's own heart. I can't tell you why. I was supposed to be in war. I was supposed to be doing something good. But I went up to my rooftop and I started lusting after her. And the next thing I know, I'm in over my head and I'm in a situation that is disappointing and I let... So many people down, and I let God down. I let my kingship down, and I let my wife down. I let everything down. But David had something very powerful that he knew how to do, and that was to be transparent and honest with God. And when you read in Psalms 51, David begins to repent. Amen. That is the secret to overcoming every letdown in life, is to acknowledge it and own it and say, hey, David didn't try to blame her, blame somebody else. He owned it. He said, oh, I'm the one that made the choice. My sin is ever before me against you, and you only have I sinned. I've let you down, God, and I know I did, but I'm here to own it and say, God, would you forgive me and raise me up? Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your spirit from me. I want you, Lord. All we need to do to get past our letdowns is to be honest and say, Lord, it was really me. Jacob, conniver, swindler, deceiver. I wouldn't have liked Jacob very much. I don't like shenanigans. He was always pulling a shenanigan. But he had an encounter with an angel. He wrestled with the angel of the Lord until... He was changed. He had low points, but he was also a nation waiting to be born. Amen. Beyond his low point, he went from being a man to being a nation. Amen. I'm telling you right now, I don't care how low you might think your situation is. God says, if you'll wrestle with me, I'll change you. And the life on the other side of your letdown will be greater than you can ever imagine. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't it be cool to have your name changed to Prince with God? 
Yeah. But you've got to let go of Jacob, swindler, cheat, let down. Abraham and Sarah. Moses had a man murdered, yet God used him to be the deliverer of Israel after spending 40 years in a wilderness, running, hiding, being developed. God says, okay, come out. It's time for you to get on to your life after you're let down. Samson. He killed more people, more Philistines in his death than he did his life. You know why? Because grinding at the mill, being mocked every day, eyes burn out, humiliated and shamed. He said, Lord, if you'll just give me the strength. I want to be avenged for my eyes. What he was really saying is, I've made a mess of my life, Lord. But if you'll just let me, I want to get on to that life on the other side of my letdown. And he asked a kid to lead him to the center place of the porch. And he got a hold of the main support. You know this, but it's powerful. He said, I'm not going to let that be the thing that defined me. I'm going to press past that. I'm going to get up from that fall, and I'm going to get out of this dark place, and I'm going to let my life give God praise. And he pulled those pillars together, and that porch fell. Do you realize that thousands of people died? Because Samson, didn't let a letdown define him. There's life after our letdowns. Musicians, if you'll come. I could go on and on. The Bible's full of... Matter of fact, if you, uh, if you uh, took all of the people that let the Lord down and let themselves down, had a fall, sat in dark places, you'd, you'd really shrink the Word of God. But they're in there so that we would know that God does not cut us off after our letdown. There's hope and there's life after our disappointments. Noah, Jonah, Thomas, Elijah. There's life after the letdown. I don't care what it is today. We all have times that try to define us, disappointments, shortcomings. Not all of them are sin. Some of them are just missing the mark. Character flaws, slip-ups, dark places. Things we dislike about ourselves. I know this is different, but the Lord's speaking. This song that we sung today was a confirmation that the Lord had a message for somebody today. 
that when you fall and when you rise, we're supposed to react the same way, and that's to praise God through it all. The Apostle Paul alluded to it in his writings. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. Some people probably think less of the Apostle Paul because he was transparent enough to expose his struggle. When I would do good, I don't do good. and When I want to do good, I don't seem to do good. And when I don't do good, I, I'm trying to do good. He sounded like a mess. What was that? He's saying, I... I've let myself down. I've let people who have depended on me down. I've let the Lord down many times. But here we read on and we find out there's life after his letdown because later in Scripture, right before he's ready to die, he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. How did you get there, Paul? Well, I didn't let those times where I was disappointing myself and disappointing God and disappointing others uh, to define me. I went for the life that was beyond my letdown. And I finished strong.